Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm Coach Andrew Poretz from Ingenuity Coaching. I help people to discover and fulfill their passions and greatness. My mission is to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams and with my coaching help you to manifest those dreams into reality. You can visit my website at myfuturecoach.com and you can find me on Twitter at Coach Andrew. If you're listening live and you have a question, the phone number here at the studio is 646-929-2893. Again, that's 646-929-2893. You'll be able to, li- to listen to the show on the phone, and if you press number one, I'll know you have a question. We also have a live chat room right on the show page where you can feel free to join in, and I will monitor that for any questions. My guest tonight, Valentina Marino, is an Italian-born singer, composer, and lyricist. After attending, after attending Italy's prestigious University of Music in Rome, Valentina traveled west to earn her BFA in vocal jazz performance from the New School for Jazz and Contemporary Music in New York City. She's performed all over the metropolitan area alongside some of the best musicians in town at such iconic clubs and music venues at Cornelia Street Cafe, Bar Next Door, the Catano Hotel, Something Jazz Club, the Garage, the Zinc Bar, and Smalls Jazz Club, and she's even performed at Carnegie Hall. Her debut album, Philosophy, will be released in 2016. And for more information about Valentina, you can visit ValentinaMarino.com. Valentina, are you with me? I am. Hi, Andrew. Hi. I love saying your name, Valentina. It's just so melodic. It is a very melodic name, indeed. <laughs> a melodic name, a melodic woman, and here you are. We're going to talk about melodies, won't we? That sounds like a plan. Uh, yes. So uh, so uh, where are you now? I am at home, actually. Oh, nice. And, and where is home for you? Home is um, in Manhattan, Upper East Side. Mm. And it's a very rainy evening, so... I couldn't go anywhere tonight. I thought it's just perfect to talk to you at home. Ah, uh, yes, I am the the best person to talk to on a rainy night. <laughs> you are. And they say this, this they there might even be a hint of snow. So it looks like they finally might have turned the winter on because we've had uh, a ridiculously crazy warm weather here. It was really insane. I am so happy about the cold weather. I am really happy because it was too much. I was very disappointed about the lack of snow for Christmas. I was hoping to get some snow for Christmas, but it didn't happen. So a lot of people, their dreams of a white Christmas were dashed. Of course, we are in New York. That's right. This is what we want. <laughs> so I, I would love to get a little bit of uh, background about uh, uh, about you. And so, uh, obviously... You are not from here. You have a delightful little accent, but it's very, it's very, uh, uh, not, it's not a strong accent. It's just right. Oh, that is quite a compliment. I, I definitely have an accent. Yes, yes, you do, but it's more like, oh, where is she from? That she sounds so nice. It's not like somebody like I, I have to ask you to repeat things. I, you speak very coolly. You know English as well as uh, almost anybody and and but it's uh, it's clear in your voice so I'd love to hear about the where you're from and how uh, and and how it was for you 
uh, growing up, your and especially in relation to music. Right. So I was born in Sicily, uh, but I grew up in Rome. Um, one week after my birth, my my parents they went back to Rome. So I consider Rome my hometown, although I'm very much attached to Sicily and I try to go there at least once a year. My grandmother who is still alive, she lives there and I try to visit her as, as much as I can, as often as I can. Um, so I come from a very musical family. Mm-hmm. And my family, my uncle plays guitar and my cousins who are like brothers to me um, since I am an only child. They play all music instruments. So I grew up in this very musical atmosphere. But interestingly enough, um, nobody in my family is a professional musician. And um, actually, they were very much against music as a profession. They didn't, they've never considered music as a career uh, mm. possibility. So... Um, Were you discouraged uh, to do it, or were you like, yeah, okay, go do what you want? I was very discouraged, and um, actually they gave me very specific choices. They, When I when I had to, to, to go to college, um, my parents said, okay, you can either be an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer. These are the three possibilities. Music was absolutely out of the frame, out of the picture, Um but um, I was, of course, allowed to be a musician uh, as a hobby. Mm-hmm. But um, they were very much against it. Um, and in fact, I didn't go to a music college after high school. I studied law. But because I was so enamored with, with music and with jazz in particular, I I had this big dream of studying music so I enrolled at the University of Music in Rome um, at the same time. So I was studying law and music at the same time. Wow. And as you can imagine, it was just too much. And I was studying very opposite disciplines. So unfortunately, I was forced to interrupt my music studies um, to get my bachelor in law. I had to sacrifice music. Mm-hmm. And to to become a lawyer and to make my father happy, basically this is what happened. Um, so for many years in my life, I used to work in a law firm during the day, and then I used to gig at night. Um, and at a certain point, I just decided to take the freedom to be who I felt I was. I wanted to be a professional singer, so. I decided to drastically quit with my day job, and I moved to Austria, to Vienna, mm. uh, where I lived for about three years. And there I started singing and, you know, joining jazz yeah. bands. Um, and after three years, I decided to move to New York City to finish my music studies. And yeah, and my dream finally came true. And now, low is a very old dream, nightmare. I would say <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> well, we you could take the law degree, and now you could uh, sue your parents for uh, 
for making you do that. That's what I. Oh, thought. I would never see them. You know, I'm just because, kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll show I you, mom and dad. Now I'm a lawyer. Now I'll use that law degree. <laughs> um. So, I, I, I what are the um, differences uh, that you find from learning about music in Italy versus learning about music in New York? Well, it's a completely different story. First of all, New York is really the epicenter of jazz. Um, when I first came here, I came here just to visit. It was 2008. And um, I remember I went to uh, St. Peter's Church, and for the first time in my life, I discovered the jazz vespers. In other words, there was a priest who was, you know, saying the service. And mm-hmm. during the mass, there was a, an, an, an ensemble of jazz musicians playing and swinging, and the priest was, like, shaking his head. And this happened during the mass, and I was like, wow, I was completely, you know, I was in heaven. I said, oh, I cannot believe that. This is a church, and there are jazz musicians playing, and then, of course, I went to Harlem, and mm-hmm. the fabulous gospel choir, and then there was jazz everywhere in the subway, in front of the museums on the street. Uh, it's something I never experienced. I think it's really unique, and this is this just happens only in, in, in New York. Um, of course, Italy has a huge um, music background, you know, but I wouldn't say much for jazz. The yes, I think of classical, I think of opera when I think of Italy. I think I, yes, I don't think of, of jazz. Yeah, the, the jazz scene is, you know, it's it's not even possible to compare it with 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 mm-hmm. what's going on in New York. Um and I find your in, your your question very interesting, that your question about the um, the music um uh educational system here. It is very very different. So I would say that because um, jazz is really so ingrained here um, in 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 the culture and in your history that it is yes. something that teachers can really deliver uh, when when they teach. It's something that I couldn't experience in Rome when I was at the University of Music in Rome. But in Rome, uh, would you say that you developed a, some sort of very basic musical? foundation, uh, and and how does that foundation um, uh, help you today? Definitely I did. Definitely I did. Uh, Rome is where I started my jazz studies, and I had a very, very good experience. Um, I studied with a terrific vocalist. His name is Fabiana Rosciglione. She's the daughter of a great uh, bass player, Um, and she really introduced me to the foundation of vocal jazz. Then I started with Marilena Paradisi. These are all, you know, very, very um, extraordinary vocalists, and um, I'm very grateful to them because they introduced me to the jazz world. But my real experience with jazz developed in, in New York City. And, of course, it was not just about the school and the college, but it was about, you know, being surrounded by jazz everywhere. <laughs> um which is in, in, beautiful. In in my daily life, yeah. which was what really made me grow. But you know, um, it also brings up an, an, another another question because you've had formal training 
not just in music but in jazz, which I'm going to say that a lot of jazz musicians, um, maybe less so today than than in the old days, but certainly there's been there have been a lot of jazz musicians who are less formally trained or they're self-trained. And, and um, uh, what kind of differences do you notice with people? Uh, or do you, how, do you think that that's uh, an issue? Um, is it just what it is? I, I'm, I'm not even sure what I'm asking you, but um, just that also from the point of view, I'm somebody who is, has very little, you know, I have some very early musical training and everything else I've ever done musically is uh, self-training. So I'm curious to hear your, your viewpoint on it as somebody who has been trained. Well, I think it is not an issue at all. In fact, uh, the majority of my teachers, um, um, both here and in Italy, uh, they 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 are all self-trained. Mm. I I studied with um, with Reggie Workman. I studied with Janet Lawson. I studied with Emmy London, and they always told me that when you know when when they were young, they there wasn't even a jazz college. Jazz universities did not exist in those years, so they learned on their own. They learned you know, by joining other musicians. And, uh, no, it is not an issue at all. I, I think just uh, things change and the world evolves and the, the educational system develops and turns into something different. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't say that. I mean, nowadays, you know, younger people would decide to start um, a music college, they are absolutely lucky. Sure. I think it's a great, it's a terrific advantage, but I wouldn't consider a self-training as an issue or an impediment to grow as an artist and as a musician. It's just a different way yeah. of cultivating the knowledge um, is, you know, you could even you can even be train get training in in the blues, and um, today, and I think I don't know if you've ever seen there was a movie I think it was called Four Four Corners, about a young no, man who makes a like a deal with the devil to become a great blues player. Oh, who is the director? I don't remember the director. It was uh, uh, Ralph Ralph uh, Macchio, you know, a young from the Karate Kid. Uh, was I think was the kid who played who went, makes the deal with the devil to become the great jazz I'm sorry the great blues <laughs> player and uh, maybe if it were a later time he would have said no no I don't need a deal like that I'm just gonna go to the conservatory of blues <laughs> you know <laughs> but thanks anyway I got a scholarship devil uh, I don't need that we no movie I, I would pay the devil to be my blues trainer. Oh, okay. Well, I would. I'll, 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 if, if he calls me, I'll, I'll, I'll let him know you're, you're interested in oh, making please, it. Please do, please do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't. I something. I, somehow, I don't think you're going to need to make a deal like that. That's my opinion. Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe not, because uh, I have, uh, you know, I have heard the, had the pleasure of of hearing you sing, although not yet. Uh, in the full sense of the word, but I have certainly gotten to hear you sing, and I know who you are. So there. No, no. Um, so uh, also I wanted to ask you about 
now you've performed uh in in uh have you've performed all over New York. Have you you performed in Europe as well, correct? Yes, I performed in Europe as well. Yes. So, you mostly know, Rome and Vienna. Ah, okay. What are the you know when you sing in a place, you know, are the audiences different? Are they more um educated about the music? Are they do they react differently or do you find that wherever you go it's pretty much the same reaction? Um, I think that with jazz in particular, the audience is uh, pretty much the same. Um, I was very lucky because uh, both Rome and, and, and Vienna are, people are uh, a lot into jazz. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe Austrian more than Romans, I would say. Uh, they're very passionate about jazz, and what I really love about this this kind of situation when when the audience is really into the songs, uh, there is this magic connection. There is this interaction between the musicians or the singer and the audience, which is really really special, and that really changes everything. Um, again, in New York, it's interesting what you're asking. I wouldn't say it is. It, it is different. I wouldn't say it is different. Mm. Again, Viennese people, they do love jazz. Mm-hmm. So Romans. I, I did a couple of performances in Sicily as well. And the reaction of the audience was really, really, really beautiful. And in New York, again, it, it's a different probably sensitivity because jazz is so much part of your culture. Well, what about, for example, uh, do audiences pay more attention uh, in other places, or or is it about the same? Are people distracted? I find that New York audiences tend to get very easily distracted. Do you think so? I do. It's a very distracted, you know, everybody's so distracted in, in general, you know, with the cell phones, with the this and the that, and... And New York, of course, is such a fast-paced city that I think people, the entire city has ADHD or something, um, you know, attention deficit disorder. But um, I'm just curious if it if it's different elsewhere. And this is just my 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 observation uh, as as a New Yorker that everybody, uh, you know, certainly in the smaller clubs, people are just, you know you might even talk um, over you. Well, this happens pretty much everywhere. I do agree with you when you say that cell phones are very distractive, but unfortunately, they are they their bad influence, you know, occurs in different contexts. Not only in, in um, <laughs> when 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 musicians are performing music, uh, it very much depends on on the on the kind of room where you are playing. Mm-hmm. So, of course. If you're performing in a restaurant and people, you know, are busy eating and chatting and music really has the role of just the background and it's very different when you perform in a theater or in a little, little, you know, jazz room and, um, you know, musicians, they have a responsibility. They really have to connect with the audience and try to make them interested in in what's going on. 
So it is also our responsibility to get distractions far away from, you know, from from the room and from what we're doing in that specific moment. Is there are there any strategies that you use in particular? I try to connect with my gaze. I try to tell little stories before I start singing a song, but mm-hmm. it happens more on an energetic level. So yes. it it depends on, you know, on a specific audience and on the specific night. So it's an interaction. Mhm. So the magic of 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 connection. So Valentina, I I I you know I was looking at your at your bio, and one of the things I noticed is that you credit your instructors uh, for a lot of your influence, and I, I certainly would like to talk about them, but I'd also like to know about some of the influence you have, you know, from growing up or from listening to music, uh, or me getting to meet or see. The what you, the musicians, singers, performances that have shel- helped shape who you are today as a performer, and you can include non-singers, you know, other kind, you know, musicians, uh, guitarists, or bass players, what, or what have you. Well, I've been exposed to a lot of music and really different kind of music. Um, jazz is something that I approached only later in my life. I would say when I when I was in high school. But uh, before that, I was exposed to a lot of um, Italian pop music, of course. Um, and one of the uh, okay, starting from the Italian pop music, uh, sure. vocalist my parents used to listen to very very frequently. Um, was and still is Mina. Mina is her name. She's a singer with a terrific voice who actually recorded a lot of jazz songs, but the songs by Mina we were listening to in my house in the house where I grew up were not jazz songs. So a lot of Italian pop music and then a lot of music from the 70s. Um, um and Janis Joplin, uh, Bob Dylan, Beatles, of course, and mm-hmm. Rolling Stones. And as I was mentioning before, I grew up in a very musical family, so there were always guitars and pianos in, in the house, and we were gathering together and sing and play. Um, my idol <laughs> when I was in middle school was Bruce Springsteen. Really? I had a huge crash on this guy and um he was really one of my icons and when Born in the USA came out I was just I was so madly in love with this this man wearing blue jeans and playing guitar and I could spend hours with my best friend whose name is Valentina actually uh-huh. uh, listening to the boss. Um and then of course um music of the 80s you know this is when I was born so I grew up with this this kind of music um, and a lot of disco music so I was there was a time in my life where I was really in in love with electronic music you know a lot of different influence Um, then this huge passion for jazz 
Do you remember? Do you remember a specific moment where something kind of clicked for you? Yeah, yeah. It was the first time I listened to um, um, Ella and Louis Armstrong singing wow. duets. I, I had this memory engraved in my in my in my brain. I would never forget. And I started listening to. Um, I think it was Dream a Little Dream of Me. Okay, really? I think okay. this was specifically the song. It was a record containing different songs, and this was one of them. So I was captured immediately by by Louis Armstrong's voice, this deep voice, and and then of course Ella and the way these voices melt. And of course, when they started improvising, it was just heaven. Mayors. Okay, you you be Ella, I'll be I'll be Louie. You you could be Ella, oh, I'll be Louie. Dreamer, little dreamer, me. Baba, this is me today. It would be very very hard to reproduce that kind of atmosphere now on the phone, but but yeah, you did a great job. You did a great job. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> and singing the way Louie did. Um, uh, I was very, by the way, very fortunate to have seen Ella perform um, first with Frank Sinatra. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And Count Basie. Amazing. And Amazing. then uh, I saw her just not long before she passed away with one of her last concerts at um, Radio City. And still, I mean, an amazing, even towards the end, an amazing instrument. But uh, you know, I never got to see Louis uh, uh, live. But uh, do you know that his house is? Uh, you can go visit him. I went there actually. In, oh, in beautiful! Queens. That's one of, of my course. favorite places to go. Okay. Oh, I went. I actually went three times, and just to um, to go specifically and in in, in in inside the room that he used as his studio, and you can mm-hmm. still listen to the real recording because he used to record. You yes. Know, not only music, but some of his thoughts, and you know, he, he used the tape recorder as a way to write out notes. Instead of writing out notes, he would record. And yeah, I remember when I went there for the first time. I was in that room, and I closed my eyes, and I listened to his voice, and it felt like it was there. <laughs> it was almost surreal. It was amazing. Yeah, I love that place. I love that, that, that place. And they do have a, a little garden outside. Yes, his garden. With with live jazz performance from time to time. I was yes. not fortunate enough to be there when musicians were performing, but I do know that they, 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 they play there. Yeah, I went to one uh, yeah. one concert, of, but it was like a high school. Um, th- uh, these high school kids who went on who did this jazz intensive. It was like a four-week summer program or a six-week summer program and at the end they all perform at Louis's house actually Louis's house he he actually preferred to be called Louis but everybody says I, I do too but um and they performed and they were terrific this I couldn't get over these kids who were just together for a few weeks and and it was gorgeous yeah that yeah I've heard of, of those performances yet and that, that place is really magical um so going back to your question, uh, yes. 
who 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 are the musicians or artists who influence me? Um, yes. So Ellen Louis, Ellen Louis, talking about jazz specifically, I would say Ella Ella Fitzgerald, of course. Uh, but then there are so many vocalists I, you know, started listening to in high school. I, I they're really countless. Um, I love Carmen McRae, mm. um, Nina Simone, of course. Uh, Anita Day, Peggy Lee, there are so, so many. Um, as you said before, some of my instructors at the new school, they had a huge influence on my on my artistic growth. One of these is uh, uh, definitely Janet Lawson, amazing vocalist and scat singer. Um, and she's... Um, She's not only my mentor, she's a dear friend. We we became so close and what she offers to her students is it's just it's it's amazing. She has this gift of she can really share her knowledge about jazz, about music, uh, you know, without without limits. Without limits. It's a very rare quality. Mhm. And um, people who had the fortune to study with her are very, very, you know, they're very lucky. She really influenced me a lot. And um, I would say uh, Coltrane, John Coltrane. Mm. Is, um, and how how did Coltrane influence you? She influenced me most mostly because of um, his spiritual approach to music and to life in general. Mm-hmm. And I would say another musician who had a kind of similar influence on me is Herbie Hancock for the same reason. You know, these men were highly spiritual and um, who offered Spirituality in their music and their in their art. Well, considering that you 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 came to New York and you walked into the jazz church. <laughs> exactly, and I actually had the pleasure to meet um, Herbie Hancock in person. Um, it was at Barnes and Noble um, for the presentation of his, uh, I, I believe, his last book, which is called Possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went there for, with a friend of mine, and I had the pleasure to meet him and talk to him. And he's an extraordinary human being, and extremely humble, extremely simple. And then you listen to his music, and you cannot believe that that music comes from the same person <laughs> you're talking to. Yeah. So, so if we were to, uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of. I like to say time machine questions. So we go in a time machine, we visit younger Valentina. What would might be the difference from all the influences that have gone on if we first heard you singing jazz when you started today? Till today, what might what would we notice? If I started singing jazz many, many years ago? Yeah, when you when you first started singing jazz and you so you've had now all these different kinds of influences since then. Um, and I'll tell you what I'm kind of what I'm getting at. Like I, uh, if you ever listen, I'm sure you've listened to Sarah Vaughn, right? 
Of course. So if you listen to early Sarah Vaughan, you might hear in her voice Billy Eckstein. Of course. I heard, and when I hear listen to young, when she's first really getting into the jazz scene, and I was listening, somebody played me a record of hers, and I said, you know, she's, she kind of reminds me of Billy Eckstein here. And, and she said, it's so funny you would say that because, you know, that was her mentor. And I hadn't known that at the time. And later, it's different. Her singing became, you know, she incorporated other things and she became, you know, more free to be who she wanted to be. But if you listen to her early, there's some present in her voice, the, the very specific influence of her mentor. So I'm just, I'm just curious if there's, like, maybe you don't even know. You might have to go and listen. So you're asking if I could go back in time, which which were my influences? If I yeah, like how I, how do you sound different? Not just from you know uh, your voice, you know, maturing, but I mean your your style, your influences from uh, and and all the experience. What would you say might be the differences in how you sing? Well, I would say that. Um, I'm trying to think specifically of some vocalists. So, thinking about my my how I sounded when I first started singing, I would say that maybe Heather Waters was my biggest mm. influence. Okay. And that, that's uh, a good start. Yeah. And uh, today. Um, Norma Winston, Diana Krall. Mm. Yeah. Very good choice. I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, I, that, also that, that, that's pretty good. The way I approach jazz is, is, is very different. And um, if I had to be a, a vocalist many, many years ago. When, when when Sarah was a vocalist, probably my biggest influence would be maybe piano players rather than vocalists. Maybe sure. Maybe Strayhorn. Yeah, I would say maybe Billy Strayhorn. Oh, mm. Now speaking of Billy Strayhorn, do you mind if I tell this little story? Please go ahead. Okay. So uh, I had the the, the rather uh, uh, amazing experience of walking in the street, uh, going from uh, one club to another club to <laughs> to to drop in and do a little singing, to walk with Valentina Marino in the streets of New York <laughs> on a on a rainy night, and this, and you started it, um, I think, or I said something that, and you said, oh let's let's sing that and all of a sudden we were walking in the street singing the <laughs> from beginning to end lush life uh yeah. billy strayhorn's song and not <laughs> just did we sing it but we sang it in key uh and and uh, uh i was like i'm going to say that's probably the first time any two people have walked through the streets of new york city singing lush life like, i don't think there's, there's a uh, singing in the street song that i would think of I think you also tried some harmonies, didn't you? I I think uh, I think there was a little bit of harmony involved. Yes, 
I yeah. <laughs> I can't help but harmonize when I when I hear a singer. I'm always willing to uh, to uh, to do that. That was a very precious experience. I'll never forget that. That was really something. That was really unique. Yes, yeah. and uh, I, and I I look forward to you becoming so famous that I get to tell people I sang Lush Life with her in the street once. <laughs> that is be very Lush cool. Lush Life is um, Lush Life and will always be one of my favorite um, tunes. Yeah, and every time I I think that um, Billy Strayhorn was so so young when he wrote it, I. I I still cannot believe it. A teenager, right? Who was that? Seventeen or eighteen? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. A point of view to have to to come to. Um, and uh, this is my last question before we. I would like to talk about your album. But uh, the this is my second. I have, I'm I'm lending you my time machine. Well, I would, but it's in the shop. But it will be back last Tuesday. So my time machine. You can borrow it to go back and hear. A concert of your choice. Okay. Well, what you know, you, if you're wow, really nice, fun. I'll give you two concerts because I have a lot of gas Jeez. in the time machine. Uh, I'll have to see how much plutonium I could I could get, but yeah, <laughs> why not? Wow, it is very very only three concerts. Well, I would say starting from the. Um, a most contemporary artist, I regret so much. I never had the neck to hear live Tina Turner. Mm. This is one of my biggest regrets. So Tina Turner? Tina Turner live, yes. But isn't she still singing? She's not singing anymore. Oh, she no. stopped? I did not she know that. She stopped singing. Yeah, she stopped singing. Oh, that's not terrible. Not too long ago. Yeah, so this is... Uh, I really would love to go listen to. And then um, Ella, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I don't want to give you a third jazz name. That's okay. So, um, the Beatles. The Beatles. Oh, I'm so glad that you are. Uh, gonna, because I'm going this way, I know I can have somebody to go with now, but I just have to wait for the time. You're going. <laughs> Absolutely, that's my my first choice is the Beatles. So I have Beatles and Elvis, and then uh, I, I haven't decided on the third. It's very hard because you only give me three choices, you know, because I. Well, I you know I, I might be endless. able to uh, get a couple of bonus uh, rides. Okay, two more, two more. Two more? I'll get, I'm giving you two more, two more concerts. I'm very generous tonight with my time machine. You know what? Um, this might surprise you, but um, you're probably. Uh, I know we say I, I'm not allowed to say jazz names, right? You could say whatever you want. This is you, you. I mean, this is your time machine trip. I'm simply providing the vehicle that I bought from uh, Stewie Griffin. I would have loved to see a live performance by the Boswell Sisters. 
The Boswell it's sisters. The, the Boswell sisters. It's wow. Them, three sisters from New Orleans. Um, and I happened to listen to them when I first learned the tune. Um, there'll be there'll be some changes. Mm-hmm. And I listened to their rendition. I said, "Wow, wow, what a band!" Yeah. And, you know, yeah, they're they're very, they're well known, but they're not as famous as other jazz vocalists. No, yeah, I'm familiar with them. Yeah. Absolutely, that's a, that is an interesting choice. Um, and I think one of the three sisters was on a wheelchair, if I remember properly. Mm-hmm. She had a very interesting story, and I was I researched a little bit about her life, and I was really fascinated by their personalities and their their background. So yeah, it would be very interesting. And then of course the the concert with the Duke Ellington Orchestra would be priceless. Oh yeah. Priceless. And then I would say um David Brubeck. So I'm just gonna make you really, really jealous right now. The only I I I never saw the Beatles. Um, I have seen two of them. Uh, I've never seen the Boswell sisters, but I have seen Brubeck. I've seen oh, no. Ella. Really? I've seen, uh, what was the other one? It was one other one you mentioned. Well, I said Tina Turner. Tina, well, I, no, I never saw Tina Turner. I don't think I ever saw Tina Turner. But I did see, I did see... Uh, Brubeck, and wasn't it just? A, didn't you just say another jazz? I said the Duke Ellington Orchestra. Duke, I did see the Duke Ellington Orchestra, but oh, wow. not. Really I don't know if I don't think Duke was. Was he still alive at the time? I'm not sure. I know I saw them. Um, I guess uh, my 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 parents were wonderful about taking us to everything in jazz, and so I grew up seeing almost every great name you could imagine. Often and in the same night. To, um, did you listen to Take Five Life? Of course. Oh, wow. You really made me jealous. Yes. This is a song I am so in love with. And this is uh, this is actually another song I grew up with. Yeah. Um, I was uh, I was in Italy, and um, I always tell these stories because it made me think about my father. And there was this radio show in Italy that... Um, started at 7 in the morning, so this was the time when, when I had to, to get up, to wake up and get up to go to school, and um, as the majority of children, I never wanted to go to bed at night, and I never wanted to wake up in the morning, so my dad came to my room, knocked at the door, it's time to wake up, it's time to wake up, I said, no, I want to stay in bed, so he turned the radio on. And here I started listening. And that was take five, waking me up every single morning at seven in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> and this was um, the radio show my, my father used to listen to. So uh, I love that song. Wow. Um, and, it's yeah, it's one of the songs that I like to sing the most. Then, then they wrote lyrics to their songs. I think it was uh, Carmen, in fact, right? I don't know. I've never heard the lyrics to, to it. Song. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So Dave Brubeck. If I had a time machine, I would definitely 
so to hear him live. And you are so lucky. You're so lucky. I, I am. I, I count my blessings all the time when it comes to, okay. especially to having no, I mean, uh, Mingus I saw and Stan Ketton, Stan wow. Ketton. Um, Toots Thielmans, and I have so many, so many stories. So yeah, I'm. Uh, that's why I always ask people questions like that. Talk about. You have a album that's going to be coming out in 2016, and it's called that's Philosophy. Right. That's right. Yes. Philosophy. So there's a big loves in the middle of <laughs> philosophy. There's loves. So. So and please forgive me for call, I call it an album because I'm so old school. When I grew up, that we had LPs. Um, uh, so th- tell me the story uh, that c- caused you to create this this particular album. What are you referring to? The title or to the album? Uh, yes, the title and then the theme. I, you 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 talk about it. You know, in the in the bio that's on your web page. At ValentinaMarino.com, there is a in the bio you talk about uh, the, some of the themes of it, but I'd like to hear it from your mouth. Yeah. So, well, why the title? Why she loves the theme? Um, I've always been. Um, I've always had a huge interest for philosophy since I was a teenager. Um, I read a lot. Um, and I think there is some some something very special about philosophy as a, a kind of religion to me. Um, I'm not religious, probably, because I'm not a religious person. I try to have access to different, you know, stores of knowledge, to mm-hmm. look for answers. Yes. So I've always been addicted to philosophy. Um, and I've always been addicted to love. <laughs> 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 I love love. Can I say that? I love love. <laughs> For how much I love it. There's a song so, called My Baby Loves Love. You just made exactly. me think Exactly. And Valentina loves love. And uh, so I wanted to put together these two um, big, you know, passions in my life, love and philosophy. And um, actually the title came to my mind one day very spontaneously. It was like a kind of inspiration to create a play on words. Um, and actually, the original idea was to have the album title written like, She Loves Sophie and So Feel. So, like, is it, if I wanted to say feel the love, so feel. In other words, hmm. mine wanted to be an invitation to, to feel the love, to get in touch with this feeling, to open up all the channels, sure. to feel the love. So this is how feel love the thing came to my mind. Um, this is my very first album. I've never re- released a record before. Um, I recorded demos, of course, but never a complete album. And um, it's a record that was born in New York City. I wanted it to, to be born here. Um so it's a collection of jazz songs. There are a couple of standards. Um, one you might like a lot, I have a feeling, is uh, Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, I should hate you, but I love you. That one, yeah. Yeah, 
Errol Harlan, who is one of my favorite composers. And then there is a tune by Peggy Lee called In the Name of Love. So these are the oldest jazz standards that are on the mm. records. And then the other jazz tunes are more, more contemporary. We recorded some some tunes by the great uh, Robert Doro. Love came on selfie fingers, and I want to prove I love you. And then there are a couple of originals of mine. And of course, like the title suggests, all the songs are about love, and they are about philosophy. They are about like universal messages um, in relation to human experiences. So and, you know, um, I, I I'm thinking I should play. A, I have a I have a few samples here. Oh, that would be nice. So uh, let's see. Which of these did you? I want first. I want to place a little piece of something you wrote. But you did you write Three Little Birds? No, this is a song uh, by Bob. Which is Marley the song you wrote that you wrote? That I uh, on the records there is a song um, called You. And you wrote that? This is a song that I wrote, yes. This is a song that I wrote. I wrote the music and the lyrics. And then there is a ballad called Go Through. And I wrote I wrote music and lyrics. And Three Little Birds is a, is a song by Bob Marley that I completely rearranged and that I recorded just using my voice, trying ah. to imitate music instruments. But in reality, it's just my voice. It's just vocal layers. So let me uh, let me start with I'm gonna give like a, a, a like a minute of this piece of song by you. I wanted to start by with a song by you. So why not a song called you? That's by you. All right. Okay. Here we go. Valentina Marino with you. Mm-hmm. Making me think at the uh, I I wanted to stop. I can just want to give a, enough to get excited, but uh, I was starting to think of car horns from the the the, the brass starting to come in. <laughs> that was a fun song to record. Um, yeah, it sounded like it was it, fun. Yeah, you stopped it when right when Alberto P. Beery was about to take a solo on the road. It's a very funky song. <laughs> um, it was. Um, it's a song about, um, you know, a love relationship that, that ended. Mm. 
Um, and it's actually, well, all the songs that I write are, are actually um, songs based on true stories, on true life experiences. But what was, was interesting about this song is that I wrote about something and then something happened after I, after I finished writing the song. So the song is the story of, uh, of course, a couple that breaks up and she's uh, obsessed by the thought of this ex always coming back to her mind and she doesn't want it. But he comes back to her mind and it's a kind of obsession and she tries to get rid of this. Um, and it's very difficult because you once again out of the blue, you break into my mind, tippy-toe, step inside like a ghost in the most yes. invisible way. So... The song is about this obsession and the attempt of this woman to, you know, try to get rid of her ex. So, and I, it's very funny because I was, um, as I was telling you, I, I was trying really to get rid of all these ancient memories about the past. And the song, I wrote this thing about a what I call a very much ex. Mm. You know, there's ex who are really ex like many many yes. years ago so yes. they're not their last exes but it's a, a, a very far ex from the past so when I finished the song I and this literally happened the day after you know I finished the song I went to Harlem I had to, to sing there I had to play a gig and all of a sudden, someone called me from the audience, and this was my ex, like from 10 years ago. Wow. He showed up out of the blue after five years we haven't talked, and I haven't I seen him. <laughs> and he showed up from the audience and said, hi. I said, what are you doing here? I haven't talked to him in five years. So sometimes I think, like, we write songs, and then <laughs> what we write about You materializes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. This is um this was a very intense experience, very funny. Um so from now on I think before I start writing a song I, I have to be very careful because I don't want that what I write really happens in reality. I have I really have to be very careful. <laughs> but yeah, that was a very fun song to record and um Well, you know future. you know, Valentina, um sometimes Love can come on stealthy fingers. Oh, that's another song that we recorded. Yeah. yeah. Love
let's just make a mistake. I can't wait to hear the rest of this. You know, I'm very happy that you decided to play this song after you because um, there is there is a connection between the two songs. So I know, I heard it. You, That's why I thought of doing that. Yeah, I'm very happy you played this one because you is a song about, you know, a relationship that went wrong and, you know, it's it's it's, it's a song about breaking with the past and Love Came on Stocky Fingers is actually a song about the present and, and the future is a song about, you know, being able to fall in love again after all the trials and errors of relationships that went wrong. Uh, it's one of my favorite tunes, and um, Bob Dura wrote it. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. Uh, we decided to rearrange it because the song was originally born as a ballad, as a jazz mm. ballad. And um, after having discussed this with the producer of the record, who is uh, Cameron Brown, a great bass player, Cameron Brown, said, you know what, I would like to try it as a swing tune, Matifa. If we manage, and uh, yeah, I'm very happy about the final result. So the song is about, you know, being surprised by love, knocking at the door again when when, when you're not expecting this to happen. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, you know, believe it or not, we only have two two minutes left. Oh, I can't believe it. I, I know. Time is already over. Yeah, so, uh, it really flew. I'm going to give a, a little bit of uh, just one piece of song. I'll give you a choice of In the Name of Love or Three Little Birds. Both well, Three Little Birds because we have talked about love okay. already. Okay. And we want to talk about philosophical messages and just we want to leave our audience with this with this beautiful invitation, you know, yeah. to take it easy and don't Let worry me. about a thing. In fact, what because I'm going to do. is going to be a right. But I'm going to do Valentina, so I'm going to, I'm going to um, play this uh, as we're going out the door, sort of. That's what I think. Uh, and I'm sorry for the, it was a, I noticed there was a caller. We didn't get to, get a chance to talk to your caller. But um, I'm going to say thank you, Valentina, so much for being with me tonight. This hour flew by. I wish I had <laughs> more so time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank and again, you can learn about Valentina at ValentinaMarino.com. Look for her album. Say the name. She loves Sophie. <laughs> That's right. It'll be coming out in 2016, and uh, I'll, I'll tweet about it, certainly, at Coach Andrew. And we're going to play you off with a little bit of Three Little Birds by Valentina Marino. Thank you so much, Andrew. You're Good welcome. Night. Good night. <laughs> Don't, 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 don't,